Why is it so bright in your place, Patience? It looks like it's like daytime there. Oh, it's my new lighting setup to make me look extra hot. Oh, okay, okay. So the light is your friend is what you're saying. Uh, I want to be in the light, Paul. Yeah, you are the light. You are the way and the light. I feel like I'm going to break out into a DC Talk song in a moment. DC Talk? Which one were they? I remember you talking about them. They had that Jesus Freak song. That's right. They tried to look like Nirvana while singing about Jesus. A little bit. That wasn't their whole shtick, though. There were other Christian bands that looked more like Nirvana. How was your day today, Adrian? Yeah, it's not bad. Not bad. Are you stuck on endless projects that you can't get the right support for and people want by deadlines that are unrealistic? Oh, work's got its ups and downs. I don't get stressed if it's got its downs these days. More concerned with things going on at home. Sometimes working from home and then just not getting out of the house all day. Cook dinner and look after the rugrats after that. This can be a bit of a downer. So do you work from home or something, do you? About three days a week. Okay. That's only because of COVID though, right? Yes. Yeah. He's not a choose-to-work-at-home person like me. Uh, I was for a whole year, but uh, it didn't do well for me. Ah, because he got retrenched? Yeah, and I became a daytime alcoholic. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> is this over COVID you became a daytime alcoholic or was this some other time? Over COVID, yeah, I was working from home, couldn't go anywhere, so I was like, hmm, may as well just have a drink. <laughs> That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I tell you what, yeah, as a salesperson, it's really satisfying to land a sales deal while being kind of cut at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Cut. Yes. That's the word we use for it, is it? Yeah, that'll do. Yeah, like cut. The, well, not being completely sober, but still able to, you know, land the big deals at the same uh, time. That's yeah. probably when you sell them the best, isn't it, Brother Paul? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And how's your week been, Paul? Really good. Crazy. I'm still trying to find a permanent place to live here in uh, Brisbane. Oh. But uh, I think I found something, so we'll see how it pans out. But uh, oh, yeah. it may involve me living with a broken-up lesbian couple for a couple of weeks. Well, I mean, there's worse people you could live with. Yeah, yeah. It's the broken-up part that concerns me. I don't want to get caught in any domestic kind of arguments or anything, but uh, we'll see what happens. Now, this particular lesbian couple, mm -hmm. did they do the polyamory thing or the relationship anarchy thing? I don't think so. Maybe that's part of the issue. I mean, I don't know. I haven't had a chance to probe too much into the ins and outs of it just yet. Ah, okay. Yeah, but we'll see. I reckon Adrian should do the relationship anarchy thing yeah yeah but what, what 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 do you think he should do oh i don't know actually i don't think he should do anything but you know he could mm. <laughs> what's your opinion on relationship anarchy adrian doesn't sound fun to me i just don't think it's going along steady and peaceful <laughs> i think when you married relationship anarchy is just occasionally leaving the seed up oh <laughs> yes well you know when i was married though as rebellious as i'd go there's times when you skate on thin ice, but recently me and the other half have been working on making time for each other with no kids or anything else around. Uh, that is the ultimate challenge of parents, isn't it? It's having time together without kids. Yes, yes, yes. it is. Uh, so we're just relying on grandparents, mm -hmm. calling it and say, take these little buggers for a while and, <laughs> and have yes. some actual conversations with my wife. 
That is the main reason why we have parents, is so that they can look after our kids. Oh, it's marvellous. Uh, meanwhile, Patience is here just reveling in the fact that she is child-free and doesn't have these issues. Ah, oh, that's right. And I'll always be child-free because my womb is barren, as you know. Yes, yes. We've often discussed your barren uterus. <laughs> you can adopt. I could adopt. you really keen. But I don't want to make my life crazy. Why would I do that? I don't know. You don't want to ruin two lives. <laughs> that's right. I'm trying to adopt an 18-year-old Korean girl at the moment, so, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. And what do you hope to achieve by doing that? Making the world a better place. All right. Making the world a better place. You're in a bit of an interesting mood tonight, Paul. I am. I am. Sorry, I've had a crazy few days. Did you make any sales today? Not today. I had a couple of big ones on the weekend, though, so... Oh, I bet you yes. have a couple of big ones on the weekend. Oh, I always have a couple of big ones. Uh, yes. Uh, well, Adrian, we've actually mentioned you before on the podcast. Yeah. We mentioned him in the last couple of weeks, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Yeah. Hope your ears were burning. Mm. No, it was fine. Was your bosom burning? <laughs> No, I did check. Because you've got to have the burning in the bosom. They did crack out a uh, thermometer I keep in an ankle holster and uh, just zapped <laughs> my two nipples and they were right on nominal. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, brothers and sisters around the globe and welcome to Book of Boredom with me, Brother Paul. And with me, as always, my eternal concubine, the queen of the harem herself, the head scarlets, the whore of Babylon, and all of the other evil words that uh, the scriptures refer to women, all encompassed in the one being Sister Patience. Oh, Paul, the way you talk me up, I wish I was that sexual. Uh, well, not sexual, just evil according to scripture, you know, because the women are always the evil temptresses and stuff, you know, that lead the men astray. I could do that. And you were just all of them in the one. Only evil in the nicest possible way, though. The fun kind of evil. That, that's our patience. I like to be fun evil. That's it. And we have a special guest with us again today via the magical human thummum. <laughs> uh, we've got Brother Adrian. Brother Adrian, how you doing? Howdy. Pleased to be here. We're pleased to have you. Thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, so let's get a little bit about who you are. Obviously, me and patients know who you are. We've known who you are for 20-odd years. But uh, for those who don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about who you are. Bit of a regular guy. I don't really have any connections to Mormonism, although where I met just a patients back in our childhood, we were both going to the same church. I think my first memories is just their church soccer team and that, that we used to go along to together. Yep. Now, now, I'm trying to picture Sister Patience playing soccer. I cannot picture that at all. Oh, uh, you'd like to picture me playing <laughs> soccer, wouldn't you? I remember trying to engage in sporting activities with you as a teenager and, you know, you were just so not sporty. I'm not overly sporty, no. <laughs> we had the soccer team where the forwards were, like, really good and we were just sitting around chatting and <laughs> only every now and again the ball would come back and we'd just pick it back and then we'd just go <laughs> going up with our chats. So. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember how good you were at soccer, Adrian. I just remember being really shit myself at soccer. Oh, I was pretty crap, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some really good guys in the team that just always... That was the key when you were a shit soccer player or a shit at any sport is whenever the ball comes to you, you just give it to one of the good kids and <laughs> let them do their thing. And then you're like, hey, I set that up. But you've got to be good enough to even be able to pass the ball to one of the good kids. Ah. 
I wasn't that good. All I could do was just throw myself at the ball and hope that it went in the direction that I wanted it to go. Oh, righto, righto. I just always sort of kind of stick my head in front of the ball and just let the ball hit my head and bounce away. That was kind of my thing. <laughs> what the fuck is that in your hand, Paul? A spoon. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'll chop that out. <laughs> I don't even know why it's here. Right. Oh. Actually, I do know why it's here. It's from yesterday when my daughter was here and she was eating ice cream. Oh. Uh, Are you all alone now? I am. I'm all on my own tonight. Your daughter's gone back to her mother. Actually, she's with her grandmother tonight. Oh, okay. And I'm yet yeah, all on my own with oh, just a spoon. With a spoon <laughs> in my Head. Right, anyway, Brother Adrian, you have no connection to Mormonism as such, but you did grow up in kind of the evangelical Christian world, didn't you? Well, half in. My dad was in, my mum was out. Oh, really? Eternally thankful. Yeah. Okay. They apparently had a bit of an argument before we started school. You know, my dad wanted us to go to the school attached to the Pentecostal church, and my mum won that argument. We ended up in state school. Again, quite thankful of that. Maybe it would have been a good school, I don't know, but... I like that kind of churchy stuff only being on Sunday. It was mm. just kind of compartmentalised. Were you into it or were you pretending to be into it? Because I do remember both of you doing like a Christian rock band thing for a little while. <laughs> and I think I even jammed with you once or twice. But, I mean, was that just – did you really believe it? Did you buy into it or was that just kind of you going through the motions and trying to make it look like you were into it? I probably bought into it when I was a kid. Yeah. But going through my teens, I was just not into it at all, really. Very hostile, the whole kind of church youth group environment. I didn't like it at all. Mm. And I liked doing music with friends. I had school friends who we did like rock band stuff like Van Halen and other demonic <laughs> such uh, covers. <laughs> and uh, So demonic. <laughs> yeah, but with Sister Patience, I don't know, we always did a bit of music. I don't think we had a regular gig. I think that was my brother because um, he played drums and he was yeah. always in demand as a drummer. We did do a duo at a coffee shop for a little while, you and I. We did, but we were just trying to do jazz and we both kind of did may I say, fairly poorly at it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I was always way poorer than you. Nah. <laughs> but no, I didn't really stick at it for long. <laughs> My brother's still in a church of some kind. Isn't that a shame? I've got a sister as well. I think she's agnostic. But um, I keep a fair distance from the Pentecostals, although I bump into people from that church from time to time and just politely turn them down when they try and introduce me to their religion. Mm. Just try and keep it polite. I say, no, no, I know all about it. I know all about it. Please don't say another word. (laughs) (laughs) Been there, done that, moving on. Exactly. Life's short. Get on to something else. Life's short. Kill God. So it sounds like religion left a pretty bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, yeah, I can say that. Because you got dragged along to church an awful lot. We didn't always go to the same church. We did for a little while. Yeah. You would have probably gone there every Sunday with your dad, maybe? Yeah, I think probably till my mid-teens. Yeah. The worst was when he'd send me and my brother along to like a youth group. We really didn't want to be there. And everyone else that was there was like really wanting to be there. So we were just kind of awkward, sulky teens in the corner kind of people. Um, (laughs) Didn't really appreciate that. Did you always go to the same denomination though? Because I remember patients kind of, there was a couple of different denominations and churches you went to during your journey as you were trying to kind of find your place. But were you always the the one sort of very Adrian or did, did you move around? 
No, my, my dad was pretty constant just sticking at the same church. And he has yeah. like all the way to later life until probably the past five years or something. He just, he told me one day, oh, I complained over and over again that it's too loud and they never listen to goes to a different church now. <laughs> wow, <laughs> so really? Yeah. That's amazing. The grumpy old man in him has won out, you know, over that particular church. Isn't it funny how when people get older, their personality gets stronger? Yeah. Yeah. It beats God and everything eventually. <laughs> I, I think you just get over things a lot quicker when you're older. You're like, yeah, couldn't be couldn't be bothered even trying on this one. I'm out. Oh, well, good on your dad for changing church. And is his new church still Pentecostal? I have a feeling it is because I think the pastor at that church, I think we knew him like at the old church. So I don't think he's really migrated very far from the denomination he was in. Ah. So to move on to the uh, the particular crazy church that uh, is the topic of this podcast, <laughs> uh, what do you know about Mormonism? Have you ever heard anything? Were you ever approached by any Mormons to join? What's your knowledge of it? I didn't know much about them. I kind of thought that they were a little bit out there, a little bit like the Jehovah's Witnesses, kind of keep to themselves, <laughs> have their own thing going on. I didn't think much more to it than that. Oh, they definitely don't keep to themselves. That was my impression. I guess I never met any to contradict that. The whole shtick is to, you know, be as loud and proud as possible and let everybody knows. So. And they're definitely out there. You had that right, Adrian. <laughs> I suppose my best introduction to them came from that South Park episode. We keep referencing that so I many know. times, don't we? But uh, It's the perfect introduction. It's just the right level, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah. It's, it's humorous. Uh-huh. As I keep saying, the South Park guys know more about Mormons and Mormon history than most Mormons do because <laughs> they were so on point with that episode. It was just bang on. I'll take it a step further. I think the South Park dudes know more about life than most people do. Yeah, they got things pretty well down. I love the way they pay out on both sides of politics. Mm. They do. And I remember when they first got popular, it was pretty unique that we'd get a show from the US that was that kind of brand of comedy. (laughs) The way they quip, you know, about people in the North, how they think of people in South or or Middle America, it's so bang on because you can just see the rest of the country like looking down on them. We need to make that a podcast goal is to one day have those guys on as guests. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be like the pinnacle of our podcast journey? We could get them on to read like the final book or something. Yes, yes. All right, so add that to the list of things we need to do with this podcast. Get (laughs) South Park guys on. With that in mind, subscribe to our Patreon. And also, if you don't want to give us money, that's fine. Just spread the word for our podcast by giving us a like, a share, a review on whatever platform you use. The more reviews we get, the higher we move up in the search engine thing, and then everybody wins. I'm winning right now. Yeah. It's a lot easier than having to go to another country for two years to tell people about the show, okay? All you got to do is... A couple of clicks and you're done. And there's patience with her huge motherfucking jug again drinking her water. Thank you for saying I have huge motherfucking jugs. Oh, that was never in any question. (laughs) All right, well, should we get into this week's reading? Yes. Let's do. Let's do it. Are you ready, Adrian? You're strapped in to read the, the good word of God. The good book. Yes. Uh, you've been listening to the episodes, right? So what's your opinion of the Book of Mormon so far? Has anything jumped out to you? Do you want to be baptised into this church based on what, what we've read so far? <laughs> Certainly not. No way. No chance in hell. 
in a lot of ways, and don't be disappointed when you hear this, it's pretty uninspiring. Well, we know the book is, but at least we make it entertaining. Yeah, it's an entertaining reading of a very, <laughs> very bad book. And to your credit, it is an entertaining show given the source material. It's like running a race and shooting yourself in the feet before you start. <laughs> That's one of the best analogies I've ever heard for in the Book of Mormon. It's like running a race while shooting yourself in the feet. <laughs> Quote, Brother that, Adrian. Yes, that, that's brilliant. <laughs> Not to be confused with Sister Adrian, who we had on two weeks ago, yes. and they spell their names differently. They do. This they is do. probably very that's confusing for, sure. for people at home, but yes. some people but, have yeah. gender-neutral names. <laughs> yes. I guess, I guess patients could be gender-neutral, really, couldn't it? It could be. It probably isn't, though. Mm, mm, mm. Paul definitely isn't. Uh, yeah. Patience has a doppelganger, though, that has a gender-neutral name. Oh, really? Yeah. There was a trend in, like, what was it, 18th or 19th century where I think it was mostly girls. You think of like a name like Ernest, that's probably a standout for boys, but for girls, you know, you've got Hope, Charity, Patience, you know, these names that were all after. Virtue. Yeah, all these kind of. The importance of being earnest. Yeah, yeah. so many options. Yeah. Patience is a virtue, except when. I think I have too much patience for my own torture sometimes. Mm. I just sit here and get stuck in front of this fucking screen and just... No, you, you, you definitely do not live up to your name. I don't. Just be thankful you're not named Chastity. Can you imagine having that as a name? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a life sentence, that one. Oh, uh, yeah. But it'd be just like how I'm living my life. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it'd be just like how many people are living their life. Everyone wants to have more sex. Well. <sighs> yeah, they do. They do. So instead of Chastity, they should just call the kid whore. self-described whore, aren't you, Paul? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a total whore. Uh, yeah, yeah. What about names for the 21st century like apathy or easily distracted? Apathy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, I can think of a few kids that would suit either of those names. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, apathy kind of suits Gen X, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's us. Uh, speak for yourself. I'm one year younger than you. That makes me Gen Y. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. But, yeah. <laughs> I missed the cutoff. Actually, I wasn't born. I don't have an age. I'm like mm. an android. Oh, that's right. Cause you I'm a fanbot. Like you're a constant work in progress. I am a constant work in progress. Being reborn and respawning yourself in a new form. I even got more Botox this week. <laughs> oh, did you? Did you? Wow. Anyway. We're looking for it. Hey, I just got to say, I know she can't hear us, but hi, Christy. I can see her arm in the background there. And uh, Paul's saying hi to you. Christy says hi. I don't know what she's doing, but that arm has been like completely still for her entire conversation so far. I'd say she's trying to be still so mm. that she doesn't interrupt the recording. That's most considerate. Oh, okay, okay. Just tell us to give us give a us wave. Give us a wave. Paul was... There it is. <laughs> Excellent, excellent, yeah. I, I can't let that elbow not be acknowledged, you know, because it's, it's just there, it's looking at us. Acknowledge the elbow. Yeah, yeah. It's not quite as, as buffed and toned as Nephi's <laughs> arm, but, you know, it, it's there. Oh, gee. I suppose we better read this silly thing. Yeah, let's get into this book, hey. You ready, Adrian? So we're up to Chapter 3, and you've just told us that it's a really boring book, and it is. But how boring is it? We are about to find out. <laughs> 
All right, so what have we agreed on? We're pretty much on like the three versus each thing now, aren't we? Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, all right, and just pipe in where you can. I should get Adrian to start. Yep, yep. I've started the last couple of weeks. Let's have our guest start. So, Adrian. Yeah, take it away, Adrian. Take it away. Two Nephi, chapter three. <laughs> and now I speak unto you, Joseph, my last born. Thou wast born in the wilderness of mine afflictions. Yea, in the days of my greatest sorrow did thy mother bear thee. The mother gets a mention. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've noticed that, yes. Yeah. Still not by name. No, not by no, name, no. 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 Not like Eve no. last Everyone week. Everyone has to have one, so we'll... Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And may the Lord consecrate also unto thee this land, which is a most precious land for thine inheritance and the inheritance of thy seed with thy brethren. <laughs> For thy security forever, if it so be that ye shall keep the commandments of the Holy One of Israel. Didn't take him long to get back into the sea, did it? Did it? <laughs> no. Mm. And for thy security forever. What's, uh... That means he's never going to have to fight for it. Look at that. Maybe it's like a timeshare thing, you know, once you've signed. <laughs> foreshadowing events to come. <laughs> Won't there be some twists and turns coming up for young, <laughs> what's his name? Joseph. Yes. Joseph. And now, Joseph, my last form, whom I have brought out of the wilderness of mine afflictions. He's already said that. Yep, yep. May the Lord bless thee forever. Oh, and thy seed shall not be utterly destroyed. <laughs> okay. That's, uh, okay, uh, that's uh, okay, they won't be utterly destroyed, but could they be slightly destroyed? <laughs> yeah. Just a little bit destroyed, but not utterly. I wonder if he's saying, oh, you're never going to masturbate because that's when seed would get utterly destroyed. Mm, wasting the seed. <laughs> I'm sure if Joseph were there, I'm sure he'd be saying, well, you're talking about my future. Couldn't you be a little bit more grey, a little bit less definitive? Yeah. People like a future that isn't written. Mm. Self-determination. All right, Sister Patience, you're up. Hit us with verse four. For behold... Thou art the fruit of my loins. Oh, he just goes straight there. How many fruits of loins does this guy have? He's just like, Joseph, look at my dick. You're from there. Yeah, I made you with this, he says while pointing to his penis. Uh, And I am a descendant of Joseph who was carried captive into Egypt, and great were the covenants of the Lord which he made unto Joseph. Okay, so here we get to another point where Joseph Smith, while writing this, has run out of ideas, and he just thought, well, hang on, everyone who reads the Bible loves that Joseph guy with the coat. Let's just bring him into it and retell his story. He's just using his own name over and over. Mm. That's very Matt Damon, isn't it? Matt Damon. It was Team America, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so um, Joseph Smith's Matt Damoning himself here. Mm. Just goes to show he's not very creative. Yeah, but he's also not creative in that he's just about to be like, well, let's just reference Joseph with the Technicolor dream coat because I'm out of other ideas. Wherefore, Joseph truly saw our day. Oh, he so saw our day. And he obtained a promise of the Lord that out of the fruit of his loins, oh, there we go again. More loins. The Lord God would raise up a righteous branch <laughs> unto the house of Israel, semen colon, not the Messiah, but a branch which was to be broken off. Ow! You know, just once when it says broken off, I wish it said snapped off. Why not? Like, mix the language up. You're right. He should use some different, he should have broken out of thesaurus and, you know, use some different words. 
<laughs> Nevertheless, to be remembered in the covenants of the Lord that the Messiah should be made manifest unto them in the latter days. Oh, there's that phrase. Mm. Oh, you just know he's thinking about it. Oh, the church of latter-day saints. Latter days. And in the spirit of power unto the bringing of them out of darkness unto light. Yeah! yeah! Out of hidden darkness <laughs> and out of captivity into freedom. Oh, my God. He's just saying words. Uh, I don't really feel like it means much. No. Mm, mm, mm. That's just like listening to a Pentecostal preacher, isn't it, Adrian? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't listen that much. That's the way. I figured you were that sort of person that, you know, got dragged along but didn't really listen much. I'm currently just being swept away by the spirit in this prophetic verse. It's just such a word salad. Isn't this whole thing a fucking word salad, though? I mean, come on. For starters, it's all one sentence. I'm just... Confer no, no, at the start no. there was one sentence and then the rest of it was, oh, so there's no, like... there's a semen colon and a hyphen, okay. And he starts with loins, it gets snapped off and then it ends up manifest in the later days and then there's a spirit of power and there's a darkness and a light and a captivity unto freedom and it just doesn't mean anything. Mm. It's like Steve Jobs got up there and was trying to sell some shit with superlatives and he's just rattling off all his usual words. Well, let's see... If the next few verses clarify it and help us to understand it, as I'm sure they will. Verse 6, for Joseph truly testified, saying, A seer shall the Lord my God raise up, who shall be a choice seer. Oh, not just a regular seer, but a choice seer. Choice, bro. Choice. <laughs> choice. And here comes our favourite phrase again. Yeah, he couldn't leave it alone. It'd be yeah. a choice seer unto the fruit of my loins. Yes, his loins are going to bear another fruit seer. But what does that mean, being a choice seer unto the fruit of my loins? You can't just take any noun and then have it unto something else. Patience. It's the wrong preposition. I say unto you that you are not the fruit of anyone's loins. Oh, I know I'm not. I'm special. <laughs> But unto you, we can use that any time at all, you know, just in regular conversation. I say unto you, change the channel. Ah. I say unto you, stay in your fucking lane and use your indicators. Did you have some road rage today, Brother Paul? Maybe, maybe, yeah. Logan Motorway can be crazy sometimes. Ah. But yeah, I'm, I say unto you, that's like what, if you use that phrase, it's like a commandment phrase, you know. Oh, is so it? So if, if you say, I say unto you, you have no choice. You have to do whatever it is I'm saying, if I say, I say unto you. Now, here's a question for you. Mm -hmm. When Mormons do their activities or whatever, do they start using some of this speech that they get out of the Book of Mormon? Hell no. Okay. So <laughs> they just talk ordinary English. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, this makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> so they don't say, come unto this or come unto that? I, I, I can honestly say that my father never referred to us as his seed or the fruit of his loins. Well, someone probably would have slapped him if he did that. Probably, and it would have been me. <laughs> I never heard anybody refer to their children as the fruit of their loins. Well, let's continue, because surely, surely at some point, there's going to be something that links all of these phrases together and helps us to understand it. Just before we do that, Adrian, 
when you were going to church, we didn't talk like this. We didn't say seeds and loins every second verse. You guys said like the new translation of the Bible though, didn't you? Like you had the hip version where they translated it into modern English, right? Well, they couldn't really translate all of the guff out of the Old Testament. I remember being a kid <laughs> and saying, I-, I might read the Bible. You know, I start at the beginning and I thought Genesis was, mm. oh, that'll be like Adam and Eve and that. Mm. But Genesis goes all the way up to Exodus, you know, where they piss off out of Egypt or whatever. Yeah. And there's a shitload of stuff that happens in Genesis, some of which isn't really suitable for kids. Oh, no. Of course it is. Those guys are carrying out God's words when they go and forcefully circumcise people and kill the people that don't really be circumcised. And let's not talk about the incest and the murder and all that sort of stuff. I mean, yeah. Ah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that stuff. The best part about that forced circumcision story, though, is it was in retaliation for their sister being raped. One of the Israelites' sisters was raped and their brother got all the boys together and said, oh, we'll pay him back for doing that, those fuckers. We'll go into their camp while they're all drunk and we'll chop off their willy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They didn't get the whole thing. They got just that bit of skin at the top. Just and, the tip, uh, as they say. Yeah, just the tip. Just the tip. Yeah. Uh, Bormans used the King James Bible, which is obviously what Joseph Smith was plagiarising here because he was trying to sound like the King James Version. Yeah. And failing. Oh, so failing. Yeah, it was a very, very bad fan fiction. But at least you guys had like the new improved version where it had somewhat modernised English <laughs> in there to, to help you try to understand it a little bit more. The Book of Mormon that has never had that never will. So even if this ridiculous church exists like 50 years or 100 years from now, they're still going to be using this old nonsensical English. Oh, that's so stupid. Yeah. But let's hope it's not still around back <laughs> in another 50 years. Adrian can be my proofreader if I ever make a modernised version of the Book of Mormon. There you go. We we need to do that. Also known as the Pamphlet of Mormon. The Pamphlet of Mormon. Because there's just so little content. (laughs) Such a short story. Actually, Sister Rhonda and I have started doing some fan fiction of the Book of Mormon. Oh, have you? Yeah, we opened up a new Google Doc and we've just been like trading paragraphs. Ooh, very interesting. (laughs) Well, I'm going to continue with verse 7, if I may. Please do. Yea, Joseph truly said, I must be talking about technicolored coat, Joseph, here, I'm assuming. Thus saith the Lord unto me, a choice seer. Choice, bro. Choice. Will I raise up out of the fruit of thy loins? Come on! I don't think that is the technicolor, Joseph. (laughs) Trust me. (laughs) Because Lehi is claiming he's a descendant of Joseph, so obviously he knows everything about him. Uh, another choice seer and another fruit of loins. Choice seer unto the fruit of my loins, bro. And he shall be esteemed highly among the fruit <laughs> of thy loins. And unto him will I give commandment that he shall do a work for the fruit of thy loins, his brethren, <laughs> which shall be great worth unto them, even to the bringing of them to the knowledge of the covenants which I have made uh, with thy father. So there were three fruits of loins in that. Three fruits of the loins. So oh. gratuitous. It's so unnecessary. What a fruit. Whose fruit? I don't know. Hardworking plums, those. <laughs> And I will give unto him a commandment that he shall do none other work save the work which I shall command him, and I will make him great in mine eyes, for he shall do my work. Okay? 
Okay. And he shall be great like unto Moses, whom I have said I would raise up unto you to deliver my people, O house of Israel. Oh, oh, hang on. I was just thinking, who the fuck are they talking about here? If you look, they've got footnotes, right? Your version has footnotes. Ours doesn't. Oh, doesn't it? No. Oh, okay. So in the footnotes here, okay, 7A. Going to give the story away of who the choice seer is? <laughs> well, here's what you're really going to enjoy. Okay. Guess who, according to the footnotes, this prophecy is referring to? Joseph Smith Jr.? Yes! <laughs> so Joseph Smith talking as Lehi, referring to Joseph and the Dreamcoat guy, is prophesying that Joseph Smith will be the fruit of the loins in the millennium that will bring everything together. So Joseph Smith is prophesying about himself. Oh, Joseph, Joseph, Joseph! Patience, patience, patience! Oh, Christ on a bike. And didn't Joseph had a kid, Joseph, as well? Yeah, yeah, there's some Joseph the third. The recursion! Yes. Recursive Joseph! Yes, so Joseph constantly prophesied about himself, but of course... Take a drink at home, Paul yawned. Paul just yawned. Yeah, so Joseph Smith wrote a lot of verses throughout all of his scriptures, so the Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants, Pearl of Great Price, made a lot of references to a modern prophet who would be called Joseph. And then he was able to come out and say, oh, they're talking about me. Fancy that. Oh, he set himself up for his own story. Isn't he so clever? Self-fulfilling prophecies. Oh, by the way, Adrian, are you drinking anything? You probably should. Because this is really boring. Yeah, I don't have anything stronger in the house, so kind of regretting that now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm up to verse nine now, I believe. So. And he shall be great, like unto Moses, whom I have said I would raise up unto you to deliver my people, O house of Israel. So again, Joseph Smith is now talking as Lehi, prophesying about Joseph Smith, comparing Joseph Smith to Moses and saying how awesome Joseph Smith will be. Mm, Great. Mm. (laughs) And Moses will I raise up to deliver thy people out of the land of Egypt. But a seer will I raise up out of the fruit of thy loins. And unto him will I give power to bring forth by word unto the seed of thy loins. He's just said all of this. Just find something to bite down on hard. (laughs) (laughs) What's the safety word? (laughs) No, it's like the wooden peg to give people when they don't have any anaesthetic. Yeah. And not to the bringing forth of my word only, saith the Lord, but to the convincing them of my word, which shall have already gone forth among them. Yeah. Okay. Huh? Yeah. Hmm. How long yeah. gone? Oh, fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> Wherefore, the fruit of thy loins shall write, and the fruit of thy loins of Judah shall write, and that which shall be written by the fruit of thy loins, and also that which shall be written by the fruit of the loins of Judah. Oh, no. One, two, three, four. It doesn't make any sense. Shall grow together unto the confounding of false doctrines and laying down of contentions and establishing peace among the fruit of thy loins. Five. <laughs> and, and bringing them to the knowledge of their fathers in their latter days and also to the knowledge of my covenants, saith the Lord. He's gone full fruit of the loins. Yeah. That's five times in one sentence. I know. That's five fruits from five different loins all coming together. That's a fruit salad. And he's talking about writing. Fruit of the loins shall write. Hmm. 
He's going to whip out his dick and start drawing things in the snow. Well, Semen's going to be everywhere. Again, this whole chapter is Joseph Smith prophesying about himself. Well, that does sound like Joseph Smith. Yeah, he yeah. was just covered in cunts. And, and, of course, the Mormons read this and go, oh, Joseph is truly a prophet because the book he translated told us about him. Works for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Well, I think it's my go. Yeah, it must be you, Sister Patience. All right. 13, I think. Come on, let us have oh, it. Oh, here we go. What, what fruits of loins are coming up next? And out of weakness he shall be made strong in that day when my work shall commence among all my people unto the restoring thee. Huh? Unto the restoring thee. Mm. That's a weird phrase. O house of Israel, saith the Lord. Now, you're almost sounding like an old 60s hippie band there, the way you were singing. Oh, don't say that. I hate those sorts of bands. Out of the weakness he shall be made strong. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, that's just how you were singing it. True, true. And thus prophesied Joseph, saying, Behold, that seer will the Lord bless. He's still talking about this fucking seer. Who is himself. <laughs> and they that seek to destroy him shall be confounded. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they killed that motherfucker. Not just that. He was killed in a jail riot. <laughs> yes. He definitely did not confound them. <laughs> they broke into jail from the Ooh. outside and killed him. Yep. <laughs> confound you. <laughs> oh, oh, he's such a false prophet. No, no, he's not because the book here is saying <laughs> that he's the prophet guy. For this promise which I have obtained of the Lord, oh, such a promise, he's so good, of the fruit of my loins shall be fulfilled. Behold, I am sure of the fulfilling of this promise. Oh, so fulfilling. I think there was a name of a porno, wasn't it? The fulfilling of the promise. Oh, last week there was uh, something to do with the ends of men. Mm. Now we're seeing it to fulfilment. Okay. <laughs> And his name shall be called after me. Oh, so he's just saying his name shall write. Yeah. Call me by my name. So this is Lehi again quoting Joseph of Egypt with the <laughs> coat. So apparently this is what Joseph with the coat said. So bear that in mind reading this verse. Oh, that Joseph. Yes. Which Joseph? The technical <laughs> dream coat Joseph. They made a <laughs> musical about him and everything. Uh, he didn't exist either. <laughs> oh, come on. Of course he existed, because who else is he quoting here? <laughs> it's not like he made this up. Well, he's building on sources that were made up by other people. Ah. He's carrying on a fine legacy of people who have made shit up. You mean this isn't real? The Bible isn't real. The Book of Mormon isn't real. What? I'm not real. Wow, You're not wow. real. Adrian is real. Adrian is very uh, real. Yeah, Adrian's real. That's why we got him on the show. Uh-huh. We needed somebody real for reference. And Adrian is having like an hallucination right now because we're not real. Excellent. Anyway, and it shall be after the name of his father, and he shall be like unto me. For the thing which the Lord shall bring forth by his hand. Well, I can think of a few things that a guy can bring forth by his hands. By the power of the Lord shall by the power of the Lord shall bring 
my people unto salvation. He has the weirdest phrases and sentences. Lord shall bring forth by his hand. By the, by the power, power of the, the Lord, Lord shall, shall bring, bring my, my people, people unto, unto salvation. It doesn't sound quite right. Does that sound right, Adrian? Hmm, probably not. No. no, it's not just old English, is it? it it's, it's actually no, fucked. No, that, that, that's literally... That's actually fucked. Yeah, no, that definitely is not grammatically correct. And I don't want to know what he's bringing forth by his hand, you know. That's... Salvation is what he's bringing. Uh, he can keep his salvation. I'll he's bringing forth his seed self. and his fruit. American pie style. <laughs> oh, I guess it's uh, me next, isn't it? Yeah, it's all you, Paul. Yay, thus prophesied Joseph. I am sure of this thing, even as I am sure of the promise of Moses. For the Lord hath said unto me, I will preserve thy seed forever. Now, let's just remember, <laughs> the man <laughs> saying this right now is a man who is supposedly dying on his deathbed, talking to his youngest son. But yet he has the time to talk about Joseph Smith coming forward in a few hundred years' time. And he's saying he's going to preserve thy seed forever. I mean, what's he going to do? Whip out a little container and just spooge into it? Well, you know the sperm banks? They put it in the little jar and put it in the freezer. I mean, it can stay in there for a long time. Maybe that's what the pyramids were for. I think that's exactly what the pyramids were for. They have preserving powers, apparently. They are a giant sperm bank. That's it, Paul? Made by aliens. That's it? <laughs> oh. Ancient aliens donated their sperm. An ancient aliens Mormon edition. We're through the looking glass here, people. And the Lord hath said, I will raise up a Moses, and I will give power unto him in a rod. Of course, it's always in a rod, isn't it? Yeah, we all know about Joseph Smith and his rod. And I will give judgment unto him in writing. <laughs> in writing. Yet I will not lose <laughs> his tongue, that he shall speak much, for I will not make him mighty in speaking, but I will write unto him my law by the finger of mine own hand, and I will make a spokesman for him. Is he just talking about the actual Moses now? Yeah, I think he's talking about Moses now. Because he says, I will raise up a Moses, like he's talking yeah. about like another Moses. But then he He's saying, you know, because we know Moses, according to the Bible, wasn't a good speaker. That's why he yeah. had Aaron, but Moses was a good writer. But they can't be talking about Joseph Smith because he would never shut the fuck up. <laughs> I think Joseph was probably a very good speaker. He was, apparently. That was one of his things. That's how he was able to attract so many people. He was a very good orator. And the Lord said unto me also, I will raise up unto the fruit of thy loins, and I will make for him a spokesman, and I beheld, I will give unto him. Take a drink at home. That he shall write the writings of the fruit of thy loins unto the fruit of thy loins, and the spokesman of thy loins shall <laughs> declare <laughs> Don't see how anyone could take this stuff seriously. Apparently, this is one of the most prophetic passages in the Book of Mormon. You know, this is this is God oh. at his best with this bullshit. Adrian, you must get very disheartened when you look out at humanity. Probably 99.9% .9 of people are not as intelligent as you. And when you see them just easily believing these ridiculous things, you must just wonder, where are we headed? Where are we going? How are we going to survive? <laughs> 
I try not to think about it myself. You're talking about fan fiction before. You take something like a very famous piece of biblical fan fiction like Paradise Lost by Milton, which I actually read like a year or two ago. It's actually really well written, you know. It puts the devil in probably a better light than the Christians would have liked. Yeah. In terms of, you know, a story and that, it was pretty good. It's a little bit sexist, you know. Eve's a bit of a whinger. <laughs> well, can you blame her? Well, at least he gave her a personality, okay? <laughs> Look at what she had to deal with, she was the only woman surrounded by her husband and sons. Well, we didn't get that far. I think it was just really about the fall, but um, uh. it was well written, you know, and that's something I can't say for this stuff. No. So, like you said, he must have been a very good speaker mm. because this certainly mm. is very good writing. Mm. No. And the words which he shall write shall be the words which are expedient in my wisdom should go forth unto the fruit of thy loins and it shall be as if the fruit of thy loins had cried unto them from the dust for I know their faith. I was expecting another fruit of the loins in that last part. But were you expecting two? I was expecting more and then I was <laughs> lost without them, you know. <laughs> Just as dust and faith at the end. And where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? <laughs> Exactly. The <laughs> but who's he talking as now? Is he talking as Joseph or God? Like, is he talking about as Joseph, as Joseph was talking as God? I don't know. Like, where is he at with this? And why is the fruit of the loins crying unto them from the dust? Did he just like jack off into the ground? Must have. Uh, onanism. Mm, mm. Mm. The words shall write shall be the words which are expedient in my wisdom. So he's saying that the words in these books, such as this one, are expedient in my wisdom. So what we're reading is obviously meant to be important or it wouldn't be there. Expedient in my wisdom. That doesn't mean anything. No. <sighs> I'm going cross-eyed. Somebody else take over. Verse yeah. 20. Come on, Adrian. Okay. Help me make sense of this, please. <laughs> and they shall cry from the dust. Yea, even repentance unto their brethren, even after many generations have gone by them. And it shall come to pass that their cry shall go, even according to the simpleness of their words. Okay. What about these words exactly is simple? Because they're so stupid. Because of their faith, their words shall proceed forth out of my mouth unto their brethren, who are the fruit of thy loins. And the weakness of their words will I make strong in their faith unto the remembering of my covenant, which I made unto thy father's God. I just glaze over any time anyone says the word covenant. It's such a boring word. No, 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 no. It is stronger than a promise. It is stronger than an agreement. A covenant cannot be broken, all right? It is the most important thing. The only time I heard about covenant recently was in, like, body corporate regulations or something like that. <laughs> well, it's like that when the Mormons go through the temple, they make covenants. Like, covenants are the next level up from just promises and agreements. They're extra good promises and agreements. Exactly. Extra important. But do you remember like in our Pentecostal church that we both went to when someone would get a burning in their bosom, as the Mormons would say, and they yeah. stand up and then they just start singing in tongues. And then they... And then they would self-interpret. It's got to be interpreted. Either someone else has got to interpret it or they'll interpret it. It's not speaking in tongues unless somebody interprets it. Even the Mormons understand that. Oh, my God, we should do that. 
we should go into one of these Pentecostal churches <laughs> and one of us just start shouting gibberish and the other would be like, oh, yes, and what my friend here is saying right now is we could have so much fun with that. We'll have to get Sister Adrian along because she actually mentioned that the other week, going to church and being... You could play a lot of havoc with that. You could just say, oh, she's actually saying that that lady over there is wearing too much perfume. And <laughs> <really> <laughs> You do realise now we need to do this, right? You, know, <sighs> you, you can do the hysterics thing and the speaking in tongues thing, rolling on the floor, speaking gibberish, and I'll be there going, yes, what my friend here is saying is that the lady over there should not be wearing those colours. They do not suit her. Exactly. What was she thinking with those shoes? <laughs> that guy over there has been in denial for too long. He needs to come out and admit that he's gay. All of this stuff that Smitty writes, it feels like the stream of consciousness that these prophesiers would say when they get up in church and just start talking horse shit. Mm. It's just full of cliches and words like covenant and just Christianese and it, it doesn't really mean much. That's the great <laughs> word, Christianese. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on, we're nearly there. We're nearly, we're nearly at the end. We're nearly at the end. And now, behold, my son Joseph, didn't say that the loins word, okay, my son Joseph, after this manner, did my father of old prophecy, not prophesy, prophecy, prophesy. Prophesy. Is this the first verse without him saying loins? I think so. Because I reckon he's said it in just about every verse and Pretty usually much. multiple times because he mm. loves multiple loins. He does. He's a big uh, fan of the loins. He loves multiple partners too. Mm. <laughs> Wherefore, because of this covenant, thou art blessed, for thy seed shall not be destroyed. Ah. Oh. For it's they shall hearken unto the words of the book. Ooh, which words book? of the book? Which book? <laughs> They're going to slam his dick in a book. <laughs> All right, let's see this thing through now. Okay. And there shall rise up one mighty among them who shall do much good, <sighs> both in word <laughs> and in deed. <laughs> Drink for a guest yawning. <laughs> uh, being an instrument in the hands of God with exceeding faith to work mighty wonders and do that thing which is great in the sight of God unto the bringing to pass much restoration unto the house of Israel and unto the seed of thy brethren. Restoration unto the seed of thy brethren? What's he doing? Like genetic therapy or something? It's always the house of Israel. It reminds me of Dune. <laughs> <laughs> seen that or read that and now blessed art thou joseph behold thou art little oh he's so little in his pants wherefore hearken unto the words of thy brother nephi and it shall be done unto thee even according to the words which i have spoken remember the words of thy dying father amen <laughs> and again, Lehi has said amen, leading you to think that he's finished talking. But no, there's another chapter coming up next where he keeps on going. <laughs> this is like the longest deathbed conversation ever. Someone fetch a pillow and mistake yeah, yeah. and press it onto his face. <laughs> At some point, the kids need to be like, Dad, time to go, okay? We're going to pull the plug now. Be on your way. Maybe he already is dead, but Nephi is just weekend at burning. In oh, yeah, Nephi's just there like with strings on his mouth. Like, yeah. oh, okay, okay. Well, thanks for helping us read that incredibly boring passage. How do you feel, Adrian? Do you feel closer to God having read that? Do you feel that uh, the Spirit has raised you up in any way? No. <laughs> 
Or are you thinking, why did I agree to do this? I've just wasted an hour of my life. That's an hour and 15. You're never going to get back, Adrian. We appreciate you taking the time for your friend and everything, but let's just face it. We've just sucked an hour of your life and you're never going to get it back. How does that feel? I look at it on the positive side. At least it's only an hour and lots of people have spent much more of their time on it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't mean to be a sting in the tail there, but... (laughs) No, you raised a very good point. Yeah, yeah. An hour is an easy sacrifice compared to dedicating your entire life to this horseshit. <laughs> Brother Paul's all tapped out. He must have had a real good weekend. You know, every so often we read a chapter in this book where it's like no matter how hard I try, I just cannot link it together. Or, or yeah, This was just one of those chapters where it's just like it was just so ridiculous and nonsensical that it's just so hard to actually come to a conclusion on it. One thing I do see Smitty doing is creating this lineage between him and his people and people of Israel. Because I noticed back in you know, Pentecostal churches and things like that, they'd be reading Old Testament stuff and they'd kind of say, oh, yeah, well, these are the Israelites and we're the spiritual Israelites. <laughs> you sit there thinking, no, you're not. You know. No, you're not. <laughs> well, I guess I, I, I correct myself. The point of this chapter was Joseph Smith was trying to convince people that he was a prophet by saying that he's a descendant of Joseph of Israel. Egypt and Lehi was also a descendant of Joseph of Egypt and Lehi is prophesying about Joseph Smith in the latter days. So Joseph was trying to make it look like these ancient prophets were prophesying about him. So it's all legitimacy. And interestingly enough, actually, if you dig into the Mormon doctrine and whatever on Joseph Smith, they teach that Jesus was a descendant of Joseph of Egypt. He was of the tribe of Ephraim and the stem of Jesse. And they also teach that Joseph Smith was of the same lineage and descendancy as Jesus. Are they saying that Jesus had kids? No, you're not saying that because Joseph had many descendants, but the divine lineage is from Joseph with the coat down to Jesus. So he was a cousin or something. Yeah, you're like, like that's the divine line, <sighs> you know. Except for Jesus, they're all called Joseph. Here's a question for you, Adrian. Given that you've now got this lovely recording on this very blasphemous and dirty podcast, is it so dirty or so boring or so anything that you would feel awkward sharing this with your workmates? Um, I don't know if I'm really sounded out my workmates on religion. Um, <laughs> it's, it's the perfect opportunity to try, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> what a conversation starter. Exactly. Yeah. What do you think about God? I think he's horseshit. You might want to listen to this. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait to get you back one day and ask you how those conversations are. Mm. Sounds riveting. Well, thanks, guys, for having me on. It's, it's really good. Thanks for coming on, Brother Adrian. It's been great to have you. What is it that you were going to ponder until next week? Loins, loins, loins. Fruit, fruit, fruit. Can you pay my telephone loins? Can you don't loins? Lines, da, 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 lines. I don't think you do. And fruit. Yeah, that's basically it. Fruit that's lines. Fruit, fruit lines. lines. Beautiful. <laughs> and thank you everyone at home for listening. And until next week, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen.